to the comic syndicate if you love comics you'll be into what listen to the comic syndicate if movies make you contemplate just science will accommodate twitter for communication at comic syndicate one i was drowning in a sea of podcasts and i found the one i need at long last book reviews the news and sex facts it's more than anyone can ask for Comics Syndicate Podcast. Ooh, the Comics Syndicate Podcast. Ooh, the Comics Syndicate Podcast. Yeah, yeah, the Comics Syndicate Welcome to another episode of Comic Syndicate. Check them out at thecomicsyndicate.podbean.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And now, here are your hosts, Josiah and Adam. Welcome to the Comic Syndicate episode 313. I'm your host, Josiah, at For the Villain on Twitter, at comic underscore syndicate on Instagram. Welcome to another week. Uh, let's hit it like we normally do. Let's hit what we spoke about 100 episodes ago. Episode 213, we entitled Hashtag Curtain Call. Oh, I know where this is going to go directly. Okay, we're going to talk about this briefly. We hit uh, at Men the Bean right at For the Villain, play Christmas and Life Catch Up, what we spoke about 100 episodes ago. The Walking Drunk hit Twitter Love Shout Out. Drop a quick up to speed chat. Then go to work with NFL Football Talk, the Comic Syndicate Fantasy Football League winner, and then go into Comic Talk, Comic News. It Blu-ray to contain alternate ending. Interesting. I was not uh, aware of that. <laughs> Granted, we recorded that uh, and spoke about it 100 episodes ago. Shit, I did never searched that out. Netflix orders sequel to Will Smith's Bright. Um, I believe that got canceled after the slap this past year. Quentin Tarantino Star Trek movie gets Revenant Writer. Last Jedi puts Disney past $6 billion at global box office. Gambit movie Budget Talk. And Channing Tatum was initially supposed to play Gambit. Should Disney Fox deal have an R-rated banner? We now know that uh, they do have an R-rated banner. Black Panther to possibly beat Justice League at the box office. Uh, Gotham City Sirens, uh, Marvel Comics cancellations, then roll comic reviews, Batman number 37, then finally rock. Oh, there you go. The best of the year for 2017. The host's favorite story of the year, shitty movie of the year, movie of the year, uh, shitty book of the year, arc of the year, event of the year, best new comic of the year, most consistent book of the year, most underrated book of the year, duo artist writers of the year, and single standalone book of the year. Along with a huge thank you for... The love and support everyone has given the past three years. You guys made us what we are. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or click uh, in link in bio, thecomicsnicket.podbean.com. All right, guys. So uh, this particular episode, 100 episodes ago, we recorded and put out December 27th, 2017. Uh, it was entitled Curtain Call. So episode 213 was the Curtain Call episode. So this was... Uh, I believe our last episode out, uh, Adam and I split. Um, life gets in the way, and, and he made it 
completely clear. You know, it wasn't an, an issue with us at all. It was, it was not even, it was a weird breakup. <laughs> um, I missed recording with him. I still miss recording with the dude. Uh, listening to his new podcast now with, with Hector, uh, the Comics and Tortilla podcast that you guys can find uh, on any streaming uh, podcast site. Um, they're they're great. They're great together. Um, Adam sounds way more articulate, which is great, and that's actually a good thing, Adam. Like uh, the way you describe things are, are more in depth. Um, and yeah, dude, I just miss having someone to bounce ideas off of. And Adam and I just feed off so well. Um, I love Adam. So if you guys want to ever listen to Adam, please, I encourage you guys to do so. The Comics and Tortilla podcast. Um, so yes. Well, 100 episodes ago was our curtain call, so Adam and I, he had just got married, so he needed a break, and, and I completely understood and respect it, and I still do. Uh, now that he's back recording with a, with a new co-host, I am more than happy for him and, and just jazzed for him to be back. And I know he enjoyed doing the podcast, and I obviously, you know, he must have missed it if he has the bug to record again. Adam, uh, we got to set up a date, dude. Uh, not just to hang out, uh, you know, for sure, shoot the shit. But man, I got to have you back here on the, the comic syndicate, man. I, I think a lot of people would would dig on it. Um, but yeah, so uh, who? What happened after this? Okay, so Adam and I broke up. Uh, sorry to say it like that, Adam. Um, and it was what? What are you gonna do with the show, Josiah? Like, what's going to happen? Are you gonna shut down the doors? Are you gonna close the shop? And um, I I kept it lingering. Like I just kept it lingering and. To do a podcast by yourself kind of sucks, and it can be overwhelming and hard to do, and I felt like I lost my voice as far as doing it solo and not having someone to bounce ideas off of. Uh, It's literally me just speaking about these topics and books I've read and giving news updates, stuff like that. But again, to do it by yourself, to do it solo, it it blows, and it was a learning curve for me, and and I was intimidated to do it. and then I, I jumped on uh, the two OC, uh, the two OC podcast crew, Alan and Anton. They had me on their show, and just talking to them on the mic again after so long felt fucking good. And I got really good feedback from a lot of uh, listeners, uh, my own and and theirs, and it made me think like that. It was that confidence booster I needed for myself to realize like, holy shit, Josiah, you, you never lost it. You know, like you can still do it even though it's going to be by yourself. So anyways, uh, it took probably about a six month hiatus from recording at all. Uh, just because again, the intimidating intimidation factor. So now I've been back at it, not as consistent as I would have liked to last week's episode was, or last uh, episode was about consistency. Um, I thought I could do it, uh, work, both jobs, uh, were, were insanely busy and even any pocket of time, uh, my lunch breaks, I, I did not have any time. I had to take a half hour lunch at the office and I had to work through those. Uh, so it was a rough week and there was no way I could fit a recording in. So today I'm recording is, uh, September 5th. 2022. It's Labor Day. So happy Labor Day, everyone. By the time you guys listen to this, I hope you guys all had a great and safe Labor Day. Uh, Yesterday, my sister Leah rented us a boat uh, amongst the siblings and we went to Newport 
and for a few hours it was dope we got to drink on the, on the ship it was it was just fun a fun day with family and my nephews and my nieces had a great time so that's what i did and that's an exciting have off today obviously finally both jobs so yeah back at it just wanted to give you guys a quick quick catch up on what's going on all right so bullet points the curtain call i touched base on that do you i want to talk about the intimidation factor in regards to hitting the mic solo um that's literally here um on on my show notes for bullet points which i, I went over uh that's about it uh, the pandemic was a bitch for all of us i was literally working from 8 to about 10 p.m every day 11 p.m sometimes and that's no joke. Mandatory Saturdays, uh, mandatory overtime every day, mandatory Saturdays every Saturday. Only had Sundays off. So during the pandemic, when everyone had more time, I think, to record and just do shit as far as, you know, be self-quarantined. But, uh, yeah, I, I did not have time. <laughs> uh, so I, now that I have the time, uh, I'm back at it. So let's do it. Um, you guys are completely caught up now. Again, find the Comics and 3DS podcast, find the 2OC podcast, Alan and Anton. Those guys are legit great guys. Um, Alan, uh, I'm so happy for that guy. He's going to get married, I believe, November 11th around there. And he sent me the invite. I just got it the other week, and it's a beautiful picture with, with him and his fiance. It's just great. So find those guys. I love those guys. Uh, that's about it for now. Give me a few. I'll be right back with some comic talk. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. I'm writing All-Star Batman uh, this year, and you're listening to the Comic Syndicate. I'm Mitch Garrett, the artist and sheriff of Babylon. I'm Tom King, the writer of Sheriff of Babylon, and you're listening to the Comic Comics Syndicate. Syndicate. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to the Comics Syndicate. Hi, my name is Brian Bucciolato, and I listen to Comic Syndicate. Hi, this is Chris Michelle, and we're hanging out here at Frank and Sons, and we're having a good time on a Sunday or Saturday afternoon, and uh, you're listening to me live on Comic Syndicate. Hi, this is Brian Michael Bendis, and you are listening to the Comic Syndicate. Comic Talk. All right, welcome back to Comic Talk, guys. Uh, this is going to be a quick show for the most part. I don't have a lot of news to touch. Uh, I really was expecting to record last week with, with the no time, obviously, that I could just mention with both jobs. But I thought I could kill the show within half an hour, and there was not even a half an hour in my, in my life uh, to afford to do that too. So I don't have a lot of stuff. I think the reviews are going to be a lot more cooler. But let's go through them real quick. The original Sandman comics almost included the Joker. Now, I read uh, the graphic novels, even single issues when they came out, uh, Neil Gaiman, the Sandman. I had never heard about this one before. I've seen a bunch of characters uh, in uh, the the mythos in the Sandman world. So Batman, Superman have been in it. I want to say Swamp Thing. A bunch of characters, though, um, have been. Uh, the Joker nearly appeared in the Sandman number five and was only replaced with the Scarecrow due to DC Universe continuity issues, Neil Gaiman says. The Sandman comics by Neil Gaiman might focus on the trials and travails of the Endless, but they take place squarely within the co- confines of the DC Universe. And the most famous DC villain of all, the Joker, was originally slated to appear in issue number five. So he explains an example would be at the beginning of Sandman issue five, John D. Dr. Destiny is escaping Arkham Asylum and he's meant to encounter the Joker. Gaiman told told Rolling Stone when recounting examples of the Sandman's subtle ties to the rest of the DC. 
And I'd written this whole Joker sequence, and it went in and suddenly got a phone call saying, oh, no, the Joker has just disappeared beneath the waters of the Gotham River. He's believed dead. And so this is coming from DC. Uh, Gaiman says, and I'm like, well, he's not dead. He's the Joker. He'll be back. And they're like, yeah, but technically right now he's dead. So you have to make it somebody else. So interesting. Just a little tidbit that I, I was unaware of. So when I came across that, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, speaking of the Sandman still, the Neil Gaiman discusses the season two arrival of his favorite Endless. Author Neil Gaiman reveals he's eagerly awaiting the debut of Delirium of the Endless in season two of Netflix adaptation of the Sandman. In an interview with Comic Book, the writer was asked if he was looking forward to exploring one of the other Endless in, uh, in a possible second season for the Sandman and if he was particularly excited for De- Delirium's debut. I love Delirium because she wrote her own dialogue and most characters go. Uh, Gaiman explained, uh, most characters you have to start at the page and turn things over in your head and carefully type it out. And I would, uh, all I would ever have to do for Delirium is come up with a really good straight line and then I, I type what she said and it's like, okay, this is great. Interesting writing style. It's Neil Gaiman though, so it's, it's very interesting. I loved the heck out of uh, the Sandman show on Netflix. If you guys haven't seen it, it's worth watching. If you guys have kids, um, I told my sister to watch it. I, I'm on my second run-through of the show right now. I love it that much. And the only episode that is not kid-friendly, if you guys are worried about that, is I think it's the fifth episode. It's it's a it's entitled 24-7, the diner scene uh, episode. It takes place completely in a diner, and it's a gnarly fucking episode. That is the only one, the harshest episode. And I guess uh, uh, Penelope, not Penelope. Uh, Calliope episode it is it deals with some undertones of of, of, of certain things that happen um, without spoiling anything. It's worth watching though, guys. So if you guys are worried, definitely check it out. Um, yeah, judge for yourself, parents. Evil Dead Rise lands 2023 theatrical release. Evil Dead Rise director Lee Cronin confirms the fifth entry in the Evil Dead franchise will release exclusively in theaters April 2023. Evil Dead Rise, the fifth cinematic, cinematic entering the beloved Evil Dead franchise, is officially slated for a theatrical release after initially being planned as an HBO Max exclusive film. This one I was completely unaware of. Um, I love the world and mythos of Evil Dead. Um, it's it's it was a C fucking movie, and that sounds terrible. Bruce Campbell was was the main character, and uh, it's it's. It's a it's a it's a great <laughs> C movie, and that's the best way to put it. If you guys haven't seen it, the book of the Necronomicon, and uh, Bruce Campbell quotes and brings the dead back to life, and then hilarity you know continues like it's weird because it's oddly funny, but it's a horror movie, and Sam Raimi was the director. And I still dig Sam Raimi, and, and if you guys saw uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, you can tell his style with the creepiness of, of what happens with Doctor Strange uh, without, without ruining anything there. But um, very cool. Next one's going to be – this is interesting. I loved the original movie. Part 2 is okay. Or maybe part three. No, part 2 was good. Part 3 sucked. Beverly Hills Cop sequel gets new title and adds Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Taylor Page. The fourth installment in the Beverly Hills Cop series, which has been years in the making, finally has a brand new title and two major stars. So both of those cats. Um, It's going to be a Netflix sequel, which will be called Beverly Hills Cop 
Axel Foley. Production is already in full swing with Mark Malloy directing and Jerry Bruckheimer and Chad Oman of Jerry Bruckheimer Films attached to produce. Um, it's been a long time, so uh, I don't know. Look, I'm going to watch it because I do like um, Homeboy. I love him so much I forgot his name. Eddie Murphy. Um, uh Banana in my tailpipe. So uh, I'm curious. I really like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So you know what? Yeah, I'll give it a shot. Next one is going to be Jaws's classic poster comes to life to promote its limited IMAX theatrical run. IMAX releases a new motion poster for Jaws. Bring it to life to Spielberg Classics iconic original artwork to celebrate its return to theaters. Nearly 50 years after its original release, Jaws is returning to theaters in IMAX. Um, very cool. I always love these. I'm a sucker for movies and cinema anyways. Like, I love going to the Frida Cinema or Theater in Santa Ana, uh, my hometown. Uh, it, it, the seats are uncomfortable as fuck. They're tiny and they're wooden and they hurt. But to watch uh, a movie in an old, uh, timey theater like that is just fucking dope. Cool experience. But since it's going to get uh, an IMAX release of Jaws, I'm, I would be down to watch Jaws again in the theater. Well, actually, I was, it was not born when the first one initially came out. But um, to watch movies, classic movies like that, I'm a sucker for, for that big theater experience. Next one is going to be Friday the 13th creator announces Jason Voorhees' Big Screen Friday. Friday the 13th co-creator Sean S. Cunningham appears to have announced that a new film in the long-running slasher franchise will release in 2023. Friday the 13th series creator Sean S. Cunningham has seemingly announced it, so it was, I don't want to say grain of salt to take this one as, but um, he kind of spilled it the other day. Um, I'm a sucker for horror movies. I'm a horror fan, um, so I'm kind of down with this, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, Joker sequel remains the only DC film with an official green light at Warner Brothers. Um, if you've listened to the past few episodes, you guys would know what that means. Aquaman 2 and Shazam 2 get move, uh, major movie delays. Warner Brothers pushes back the release dates of the upcoming DC Extended uh, Universe films, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. The Hollywood Reporter uh, stated that the sequel has been pushed back nine months, moving from March 17, 2023 to December 25, 2023. Meanwhile, the Shazam sequel has been delayed three months, moving from December 21, 2022 to uh, the date of March 17, 2023. Okay, there's a news uh, source also going around that the new m- movie deal between Warner Brothers and Discovery Plus um, is they only have two. Um, they only have enough money to release two movies out the remainder of the year. Um, so oddly, they had to get shuffled because they have one more box office, uh, major box office movie that they they have enough money to promote, which is odd. I, I don't get how those numbers work, but that's a fucking thing. Uh, so those movies got pushed. Aquaman 2, Jason Momoa teases more Batman than just Ben Affleck. I'm kind of curious about that. HBO Max's Dark Constantine reboot reportedly safe from Warner Brothers Axe. <laughs> this is all fucking crazy. Uh, Warner Brothers HBO Max content purge is saving tens of millions of dollars. So that could make sense why they are pushing everything and pulling everything. But just very curious about that. And here it is. Uh, actually, here's the exact news. Aquaman and Shazam sequel delays due to Warner Brothers' financial troubles. Here you go. Just a little more in-depth on that. Warner Brother, Brothers' Discovery's financial troubles may be the reason behind the recent delays of Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom and Shazam, Fury of the Gods. 
Following the announcement that Warner Brothers has delayed the upcoming DC films, Boris Kitt, a writer from The Hollywood Reporter, explained on his Twitter account that the moves uh, underscore what a financial mess Warner Brothers Discovery is uh, as the studio has only enough cash to release two, mo- two movies from now and to the end of the year, uh, which is going to be – the second movie is going to be Don't Worry Darling and Black Adam. Okay, so those are two box office movies that they have. He later clarified that the company was also releasing a third movie, the low-budget comedy House Party, in December, but that Warner Brothers' discovery was under severe financial strain. Kit added that one exasperated producer had reached out to him, saying that Warner Brothers' discovery has no money and no clues. Fucking crazy fucking quote. But, I mean, if we've paid attention to the DC Extended Universe movies, it kind of makes sense. They don't know what the fuck's going on. This one's interesting. Uh, Batgirl gets secret, quote-unquote, funeral screenings at Warner Brother Lot. So the movie that just got canceled, uh, Batgirl is being quiet, quietly screened to its cast, crew, and other insiders at the Warner Brothers Lot before being locked away. Those involved in the production of Batgirl are getting the chance to see the canceled DC Extended Universe film before it's locked away in the proverbial Warner Brothers vault. Okay. I'm very curious. Uh, Alan and myself, Anton, Carl, and in our group chat, we're like, you know, we were talking about this particular news. And it's like, you know what sucks is I, I want to watch this movie so fucking bad now. Like, how bad was it that Warner Brothers Discovery had to just fucking vault it and... and just destroy it and then i mentioned something corny like you know what it's kind of better we don't because we would all probably watch it and say wow this is really fucking bad they should have never like released this movie so i I just want to watch it now just because of the what the fuck factor now behind it all right Uh, any movies uh regarding marvel fantastic four wandavision director confirmed to be in movie talks wandavision director matt shackman is currently in talks to direct marvel cinematics universe cinematic universe's iteration of the long awaited fantastic four film um i'm down with that i really enjoyed uh wandavision so i'm very curious i just hope uh it's someone that has passion to bring to the project and just make a good movie because Fantastic Four is is a great family team of superheroes, and I'm just very curious to see what happens and, and where that goes. All right, um, that's all I have for now. Um, I'm going to go over some comic reviews real quick. The first one's going to be really cool. Uh, this is, uh, speaking of Adam earlier, we have a, a uh, actually several <laughs> chats now. It's uh, on Discord, so if you guys ever want to jump on those uh, message boards with us, please let me know or shoot me your information and we can send you an invite. Uh, but one in particular is, is a book club. And the first quote-unquote book in the book club, no, the first uh, book in this uh, that Adam tossed out is really fucking dope already. It's uh, an eight-issue uh, story. It's, it's a contained story. It's going to be Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Now, this one I really enjoyed a lot. Um, it's really cool. And now... Um, I'm going to tell you the story of what happened. So they're on an off-world planet, and this young girl uh, sees her father murdered. Um, there's a sword that's in his chest as she comes across his dead body. Now she pulls this knife, uh, not, not, not a knife, this sword out of her dad's carcass, out of his fucking chest. And she vows to kill the man uh, that killed her father. Now... Um, she goes home and she's just full of hate and and vengeance and, and just anger. Um, and she feels like no one wants to help out, like her siblings don't want to help out. So 
it's very interesting. The art's beautiful. I'm going to give um, the, the name of the of the artist and the colorist because the colors on this title are gorgeous uh, is the best way to put it. Like uh, the art's beautiful and just the colors go so well. Anyway, so this girl now. Her name is Ruthie May. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, just apologies real quick. If you guys hear anything in the background, it's Labor Day weekend, so neighbors are loud. Anyways, continue on this young girl's journey. Um, here are actually the, the names real quick of the artist. Uh, Tom King is going to be the writer. Love his writing style. It, just awesome. Bill Quies Evely is the artist. The artist dope. And Matthew, I'm sorry, Matthias Lopez is the colorist. Clayton Cowles is the letterer. Just so beautiful and vibrant, the way the colors are used. All right, so back to this girl, Ruthie. She comes uh, now, she's on this personal vendetta mission to, again, find her father's killer. She comes across this this bar tavern where she tries to uh, pretty much find vagrants or battle-tested warriors to help her kill the man that killed her father. <laughs> it sounds so weird. Uh, it sounds like fucking very Princess Brightish because, you know... Uh, anyway, so she comes across this dude, and he looks at her sword, and he's like, you know what? I'll do the job. She's like, all right, we're out in the morning, first thing in the morning. He's like, oh, yeah, no, sweetheart. I work alone, so I'll just take this sword from you, and I'm going to kill this guy for you <laughs> is essentially what fucking happens. She, he steals her sword, and he's like, yeah, whatever. You know, I'm not going to do the fucking job. And uh, it's it's very interesting, though. So this this guy starts roughing up. This Ruthie girl, and, and she's a she's a small girl. She's got to be fuck, dude, a teen for sure, 13, 14, no older than fifteen or sixteen. And again, she's just on this personal vendetta, and now she's in this tavern. Is is getting getting told twice straight up. Um, so so it happens there's there's this girl also in the bar that's drunk, belligerent, just shit faced, um, and and she's just getting tore up drink wise. And she's like, it's my birthday, and she's completely fucking drunk. But she sees what happens to Ruthie, and um, she kind of sticks up for her. She steals the sword back, but kind of roughs up this dude, too. This dude is is sober, but again, this young girl is blitzed drunk, dude. Um, she's stumbling, and she's able to subdue this 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 gentleman <laughs> in the bar uh, she kicks his ass and um her shirt kind of opens up and we see the s and emblem on her chest so she kind of thought she could hide away and she's got a dog with her with a little uh scarf on him so i mean it's crypto it's cool so now she subdues the dude, kicks his ass, and next morning she wakes up with a terrible fucking hangover. So it looks uh, – what happens is uh, the young girl Ruthie ends up taking taking Supergirl into her home, and she's like, I, I need your help. Can you help me find this guy? Like if you're able to stop that guy, you can help me kill the guy that killed my dad. So that's the story. Um, it's a good story now. Um, as Supergirl is about to, to take off, like, no, like, I, I have a job, dude, like, without telling Ruthie anything. She's like, I, I have a job. Like, I have a lot of things to do with that, without ever telling her uh, who she is. And in this off-world place, this girl has never seen of or heard of her, uh, of Supergirl before. So as, as Supergirl doesn't fly off, she paddles away in a, in a boat to get to her ship. Uh, the young girl Ruthie jumps in this, this uh, I don't know, eel-infested waters uh, where she's getting beat up and tore up in there. And um, she swims to, to, to 
to uh, Supergirl's boat to, to catch up with her, uh, only to see Supergirl supergirl's ship as she's about to board and leave and and now she begs and pleads uh supergirl to to stay and help out and it's very cool like supergirl even the dialogue supergirl okay i'm gonna go over some dialogue real real quick for you she says um okay so she follows her to her ship and it's just cute she's like what are you doing here you're not supposed to i've already started the auto launch so supergirl speaking you have to move away or you could get really hurt ruthie are you listening Ruthie. And the way it's drawn is, is just beautiful. My apologies. I, I am perplexed by the machine from which you have emerged just now while again clothed in your undergarments. This is – I'm not from here. This is – it's like a horse I ride to get home, and this is what I wear out there. And you have to leave because the horse is going is going already, and it kicks when it really goes. And I don't want to get, get kicked. I want you to get kicked, okay? Ruthie, I, I'm sorry. I've, I've got to go. And you do too, okay? My name is Ruthie Mary Knoll. I would like to hire you to kill Krem of the Yellow Hills, the cheating king's, king's agent who slew my father and left him in the dirt. Have you interest in such an arrangement? You seem like a very nice girl, but I can't go with you to go off and kill someone. You don't know this about me, but I have a job. I have a very responsible job that I need to go back home to do. And the first rule of that job just happens to be don't kill people. It's very cute, and it's she's very empathetic to this girl. Now, it's really cute. Look, I understand your anger. It's hard to lose somebody, but you just have to look for justice, not vengeance. You know, it's like my mother said, life is about compassion, not fury. You understand, as Mary now choose route. You don't understand a damned thing. I don't lose somebody. I lost my blessed father who was my heart. I will never see him again, not on my bridal day or any other day. He's gone. All that flighty talk of compassion and fury, that's dandy if you're, what's, that's dandy if you're living on ground, you, you know, will stand solid. But I lost my world. Very cute. Because now you see, the way it's drawn is beautiful. Like, you see Supergirl uh, very now compassionate, like, after she getting chewed out by this girl. And this girl has no idea what she's talking about because that's what gets Supergirl, uh, you know, the whole I lost my world. Beautiful just to see it. And on paper and the art is beautiful, great. Um, so it so happens now um, that that this creme now uh, at launch is there and he shoots with the bow and arrow. Straight up, uh, it shoots Supergirl. Um, on this particular planet, she still has powers, but she's a, a lot more. Not just a little bit. She's way more invulnerable to getting attacked, especially by a fucking bow. And it literally pierces her. Now, it's sad because... And again, the way it's drawn is, is beautiful. Now, this is the inner monologue going on. That poor dog just follow his base instincts like we all do in times of unexpected strife. So now, crypto. And he didn't figure he was under a red sun. He was just trying to bite a bad man. He had no idea that the arrow would do him any harm at all as he all shows, shoots crypto. And then we hear Cram. I thought I had her on the first shot. Could have sworn. Oh, well. And we see Superwoman get up uh, with a with a uh, an arrow in her chest, and it's dope. And and she goes after Krem, and and just to see her vulnerable in that way, she kind of holds his sword, and, and her hands bloodied up because again, in this particular planet, she she's completely vulnerable. 
So as now Supergirl goes to check up on Crypto, the, the, the person or, or animal, her friend, uh, she goes to check up on, on Crypto. Krem is able to sneak off into Supergirl's ship and, and take off. Um, very interesting. That was pretty much issue number one of, of this story, and I fucking loved it. Uh, I still – I think I read it. I think I, – I read issue number two, and I, I'm enjoying it. Um, so I don't quite know when our book – meeting uh is i believe it's mid uh september so uh adam this was a great fucking pick already dude like the way it's written tom king you just know his style if you guys have never read tom king um sheriff of babylon is a great contained story it's beautiful and fucked up and um the tom king uh vision from marvel is fantastic his run on batman is fucking sick it's worth checking out so again adam i I really enjoyed this this title so thank you man second review is gonna be quick uh it's fucking dope as fuck this is gonna be um ghost rider number one benjamin percy is the writer i also like this guy's writing Corey smith is going to be the artist and brian valenza is going to be the colorist with vcs travis lanham as the letterer I love Ghost Rider. Um, I haven't read anything from Ghost Rider, though, since uh, uh, Robbie Reyes in in his uh, muscle car. So now it's cool to see uh, one of the original Ghost Riders, Johnny Blaze. starts off Johnny, page one, panel one. He's sitting down. Where have you been, Johnny? I don't know. He's sitting down at his therapy session. You don't know? I've been trying to work some things out on my own, Dr. Halligan. How has that gone? Not good bad actually i'm sorry i had to report you but that was what the agreement you came to with the judge you have to honor it i know and i and i think we've been making some real progress yeah how are the headaches headache you mean never goes away feels like something's trying to get out or get in now this is very cool because this is a fucking horror story and like i mentioned earlier i love horror stories i love horror just in general this is a fucking kick in the nuts good horror uh story um so he's got this wicked fucking scar on the back of his head and i haven't read ghost rider in in a while so to see johnny blaze now i'm looking like what the fuck have i missed over the past years so very uh new to me on this uh this particular what happened so he's just got this fucking terrible fucking scar on the back of his head about what about your nights the nights the nights are long tell me more when i drink myself to sleep my brain goes black like a midnight highway i'm nowhere i'm just gone hurtling through this great big nothing until dawn comes he's on his motorcycle and when i don't drink myself to sleep the nightmares find me and the pages are just fucking dope uh the art's awesome it's a horror fucking story uh if you guys like horror stories um it's worth checking out i scream myself awake i sweat through my sheets i swing at shadows i'm not safe to be around so most nights i drink if you fill up a bike with gas you see more travel farther but if fill up your brain with the whiskey it has the opposite effect Every sip empties you further so that when you, your eyelids drop, you see nothing. Go nowhere. That's where I'm happiest. Nowhere. And it's just so fucked up. And as we see him drinking and him the next morning uh, waking up to a world's greatest dad coffee cup with whiskey. Um, I know I shouldn't be like this. I got everything a man needs. Married to Roxanne, my childhood sweetheart. Raising two beautiful kids, Craig and Emma. Hayden Falls is a good, safe town. 
and we've got a pretty roof over our heads and enough money in the bank to never worry about groceries. Should be enough, yeah. But something's always gnawing at my insides, like termites hollowing me out. All them hollowed out places get filled up with anger and sadness and dissatisfaction. Anyway, that's probably enough whining for one day, right, Doc? Our time up for now. But before I let you go, I want you to hear you say it. Do I oughta? Yes, please. My name is Johnny Blaze, and there's no such things as monsters. So it's very cool. So now we see uh, what happened to him. A few months ago, I wrecked my bike, rolled 50 yards, fractured my skull, severe concussion, hematoma, bad swelling on the brain, two surgeries. Ever since then, things haven't been right, physically, emotionally, mentally. I got, a, I got memory gaps, anxiety, paranoia. Little things annoy me. I lash out at people. But I got a family and a community that cares about me. And I'm going to get better as we see him in the hospital bed now and, and his rehabilitation and what he's been going through and the medication he's had to take and the therapy sessions um, that he has to go through and, and, and do now. Um, so it, it, it's awesome to see this book because it's a horror fucking story. Like it's the nightmare things he sees as he goes about his days are gnarly. And you can obviously uh, tell tell the the nightmare scenes. So he comes across a cop that busts his balls like, hey, Johnny, where are you going? He's like, I'm just going for a walk. Really? You don't ride anymore? You don't take cars? It's like you're scared or something. So – very interesting. Uh, as the story progresses, we see this town and its inhabitants, uh, the, the people of the town. Uh, the first one is this old lady with this dog that kept barking at, at, at Johnny. And the, the nightmare scenes were, were crazy. And the, doc, the, the, the cop now asks Johnny Blaze you know, later on, have you seen blah, 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 lady's dog? Nope, haven't seen him. It's like, really? Because his neck was broken and it was found in her mailbox. And they don't necessarily show uh, that, that that panel, but the, the way they show that panel is fucking dope and sick and just beautiful and, and so fucked up anyways because I, I love animals. But anyways, it's really cool as we see what, what what's going on in this fucking weird fucking city and, and how uh, Johnny is, is trying to cope with everything he, he's going through. Sometimes I want to hear the roar, or, roar of an engine on a distant highway. Something makes me tense up. Maybe it's the memory of the accident. My brain might as well be made of rotten cobwebs. I don't remember crashing, but my body does. And the feeling, that scared, tense, nerve-shredding feeling that comes with the highway noise. Like, I kind of like it. It makes me hurt, but the hurt is good. The highway noise. I keep trying to ignore it. And, and as he feels like his scar, he's like scratching the back of his fucking head. And this scar, it, it, there's an eyeball that <laughs> opens up. And even that alone is fucking gnarly and looks beautiful and scary, dude. This is a fucking horror story, and, and I'm digging. All right. So now we come across um, uh, some director uh, of FBI headquarters, and, and they're sending uh, an old S.H.I.E.L.D. member um, her prior mission was, was to, she's like, I guess a monster hunter of some sorts. And she's her, I guess the introduction of, of the FBI and her new job, which is, I'm assuming to go to the town, um, to, I guess, go after Johnny Blaze. And speaking of Johnny Blaze, um, it goes through his day-to-day -day life with his kid, teaching his kid how to, how to ride a bike, his interaction with his family, his interaction at work at, at his auto shop, and the, the, still these nightmare visions he has um, is very cool to see. 
we finally get a um, towards the end of the story we see a, a new gentleman walk in and, and he's got these boots on and it's like the clank 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 like when you walk out you forget what those the spurs i guess uh the spurs yes um spurs on on his boots but um and we see him interact with with the people of the city little by little he comes across a boy and it's weird because this dude's he looks demented and twisted and um everything we see him this gentleman now walking through the town and every time he comes across someone it it uh it, it starts something like people start killing each other and it doesn't look like he's necessarily in charge of doing it but he's 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 like he's he's got this bad essence to him, and then in turn, it makes everyone else turn bad, villainized, or, or just. And all the while, now we go back to to Johnny Blaze with his wife and his therapy sessions, and how his nightmares or, or daymares, like he's tripping, and it's only getting fucking worse. Like he lashes out at at his doctor, like he's tripping balls. He's seeing fucking things, nightmarish fucking things. Um, whenever there's a nightmarish scene or things that are happening or, or killing or massacre or butchering, um, the panels turn this light red hue uh, of of I mean, symbolism of like fucking gnarly shit is going down right now. Not just his visions, but like the town is getting. Little by little, riots are happening. People are killing each other. Um, very end-of-the-world type scenarios. And when Johnny gets home, like, he's tripping balls. And now he's seeing his family as these demented creatures, these demons, whatever they might be, is very fucking interesting. Where he and his wife start arguing. And, and his wife, like, he's tripping. And he's like, where would you get that ring from? And um, in- interesting because as this happens, this this gentleman fucking shows up uh, to his house and to confront um, Johnny and and his family, and he tells Johnny straight up, "This is not not your your wife. Hate it to break it to you, partner, but that ain't your wife, and this ain't your town. Who are you? I'm a scout sent by a group of night magicians to find you. That's a lie. You're the one living the lie. You've got chains on you." I don't know who put them on you, Johnny Blaze, but it's time you shrug them as a cop now runs over this fucking dude, this this villain, you know, of the first issue. Um, he's like, you hear me, Johnny, even as he got run over. Back inside, let the law handle this. When you went dark, Johnny, the world went to hell. As we see this guy with, like, fangs and, and claws, uh, long fingernails and... Um, a pentagram uh, tattooed or, or burnt onto his hand with the raven it looks like in the middle. And and he's telling Johnny, blaze this. Uh, let me show you as he holds out his hand. When you went dark, Johnny, the world went to hell. Let me show you the innocents who have suffered while you were away. And he's like, we need you. And, and just the panels of these visions are so fucked up. So much death and beautiful panels to that I I'll explain a few like an old lady about to get run over on a walker um this weird uh, f- tribal animals and, and heads cut off and, and like a totem pole type of deal some dude wrapped around with his, his hands fucking nailed to the chair um uh, we see a woman hung on the ceiling but by barbed wire it's fucking gnarly dude it's beautiful and dope and, and I love it so 
as this happens, the man says, come back to us. If the spirit moves you, wait, don't, don't go. As the man turns into a fucking raven and flies away. Wait, don't go. Who are you talking to, Johnny? We're right here. Have you been taking your pills? Johnny, get back from that fire before the engine blows. Nobody wants to see you hurt again. Johnny, it'll be okay. We're going to take care of you. Come back to us, Johnny. We love you. We need you. As his family now. Please, baby. And Johnny does something gnarly. He has a knife on him. And he ends up slashing his wife. And after these visions, it's like, fuck. Did he fuck up? He, he slices her hands off, his wife's fingers off. But we see her turn into a monster and she starts hissing. Do it, Johnny. You think things were better before, but they weren't. It's not a gift. It's a curse. As he now throws his ring into the fire. When I thought, when I, I'm sorry, when that hellstorm of fire descends on me, I realize I'm about to trade one prison for another. When he takes me over, or when he takes, when he takes me over, my whole body feels like a flaming nest buzzing with hot, angry wasps, and I shrink down to a black speck at the center. Who? Who did this? Now as he transforms into Ghost Rider. Who caged me here? Please, Johnny, please don't leave us. Johnny is gone now. There is only Ghost Rider. As he goes to work, and the way he goes to work is dope with his, not even pennant stare yet, with his fucking chains, and it's, it's, it's awesome. He's the pain is pleasure as he's doing this. I can't control what I've become. I can only observe, um, observe it and uh, observe it all distantly, like a horror film seen through a telescope. Maybe a cluster of demons broke my brain and spirit, trapping me in a sunlit prison. And maybe a dark magician broke me out. Or maybe this is all one more hallucination. Maybe any second now I'm going to wake up screaming. Or maybe a semi just, clapped, just clipped me, and this whole head trip is one long skin-melting skid across the asphalt before everything goes dark. The only thing that feels certain is this. There is such a thing as monsters, and I'm the worst one of all. Very cool first fucking issue. I loved it. It was a very, again, the horror f- vibe of it I loved. It's worth checking out. Um, I'm on board already, so I loved it. That's book of the week for me. Um Find the full catalog of the, of the Comic Syndicate in uh, the comicsyndicate.podbean.com. You guys can find me anywhere you guys can find and uh, download podcasts. Share the podcast. Share tweets. Like the tweet. Um, I would greatly appreciate it. You guys are rock. Uh, I'm back at it again. I will catch you guys next week. Peace out.